Hello and welcome to this episode of the coaching podcast from British Canoeing. Okay, uh, welcome everyone. Uh, welcome to the coaching podcast. Uh, it's myself, Lee Pooley, uh, head of coaching at British Canoeing. And what I'm going to be doing over a, a series of probably around seven to eight uh, uh, sort of interviews, uh, it's almost aimed at exploring um, how experienced coaches go and decide exactly what they're going to coach so their thoughts and their approaches to what they actually are going to focus on within their coaching intervention and i'm really pleased to be able to introduce our first guest uh, onto onto this mini series which is darren joy um, i've had the pleasure of coaching alongside darren joy for many years um, paddling in the outs and, uh, and and further afield and uh Darren's got a wealth of uh, background uh, within paddle sports and um, yeah, welcome Darren. Thanks Lee. Um, Darren, if you wouldn't mind, could you uh, introduce yourself and uh, introduce yourself to the listeners and also a little bit of uh, a background on your paddle sport, paddle sport probably career, who you coach um, and then what we'll do we'll delve into a few more questions as we go along. Uh, great. So, as Lee said, I'm Darren Joy. Um, I run a, uh, a little company called Fluid Skills. Uh, that's kind of where I'm known for at the moment. Uh, my kind of pathway journey for all this coaching, instructing kind of started all the way back at PGL, uh, like the age of 19. So, started as an instructor uh, for about five or six seasons with PGL, taking kids and very much an instructor in kind of uh, different kind of places in Scotland and all over the UK. And then uh, kind of progressed into a uh, uh, an instructor at a college, uh, taking uh, kind of 16 to 18 year olds out to uh, learn outdoor pursuits from climbing, walking to, to paddling. And then progressed from there into a lecturer of, uh, of that kind of uh, industry in the college as well. And then uh, finally decided to kind of do this for myself full time. So uh, kind of based down in the Southwest now, uh, teach uh, everything from canoeing to whitewater kayaking, uh, take people around Europe uh, doing whitewater holidays. Um, probably for the last 20 years, kind of this has been my main career of just taking people out boating. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. Cool. And then, and, and just so so people can sort of, what we're trying to do is then sort of grasp then that people can relate to what you're talking about a little bit later on, is what sort of age groups do you work with? Oh, that's a great question. So um, oh, it depends on the clientele. So so massively, my clientele at the moment seems to be kind of 40s upwards. Uh, people coming back into paddling uh, at the moment. A lot of uh, people that started their paddling for university or clubs as a youngster uh, have gone away, got life, and now come back to kind of re-engage with paddling. So that's that's kind of my main clientele, especially when we go abroad. Uh, people that are kind of, uh, you know, their holidays now, their kids have left home and they're kind of found kind of paddling again, which is really nice. So kind of uh, waking up their inner paddler again. Um, but then on the flip side of it, when I go to an outdoor centre and help with their, their staff training, it could be back to the 18-year-olds, the you know, first time ever in the industry, you know, coaching or instructing. So it's, it's a massive varied age group and every now and again I get the, the pleasure to drop back down to uh, working with uh, children you know from eight years old upwards to kind of keep my hand in with uh, engagement with, with with kids having their first taste of you know getting on a boat for the first time so you know it totally depends so but more recently the older generation getting back into paddling. 
Okay, that's great. So you, you, you refer to, you know, in the last, you know, this, this has been your life for the last 20 years. I think what would be really nice is for you to probably share some, what, what has been the significant episodes of your, of your coach development? So, you know, as, as you've developed as a coach, could you, could you just sort of amplify to, to the listeners, what are you, what's your, been your significant episodes of your coach development? 20 years how long have you got <laughs> it's uh, I think um some of the big highlights I think was mainly having uh you know when first passing a level three coach many many years ago uh in my kind of my early 20s uh finding uh white water for the first time and taking people out um you know that first episode of actually you know, shaped a lot of my coaching uh, from a chap called Stuart Woodward many, many years ago from Canoe Control. Um, he, he's retired now, but uh, he, was a, he was a massive influence in my, in my coaching episode of kind of how to coach many, many years ago. Um, you know, from that, uh, one of my biggest changes uh, was going through the level five coach process many years ago um, and uh, really looking deeply at my coaching. What, what coaching were meant to me, uh, who I am as a coach and, and where that kind of took things. Um, uh, I think the next episode from there really was uh, having, having my own business, you know, working by myself and actually really kind of looking at, you know, when someone looks at me and says, well, that's the coach over there, you know, well, what does that mean to me? That was a, was a huge influence to me of actually going, well, you know, who am I as a coach? You know, and that's really shaped me recently of what I do as a coach. Okay. All right. So sounds like there's, there's loads of episodes within it that has shaped your, shaped your coaching from the very early stages of, you know, uh, PGL uh, through to um, working in the French arts with Stuart. And I'd imagine some of the listeners will, will remember Stuart and his campsites uh, uh, next to the Gironde. Uh, and, um, and then obviously went on and, and, you know did your you did your qualifications with british canoeing or british canoe union at that time yeah, it was, uh, yeah and then and then did your level five so what would be really interesting to hear is um so what does your you know after all those years what is your coaching philosophy what could you describe to us what your coaching philosophy is now <sighs> okay so i struggled with this so um as part of uh, my work with the performance coach for british canoeing uh, i felt it was a good idea for me to actually write out my uh, coaching philosophy and actually explore this um and i struggled with this for quite a while um of kind of like well what does my philosophy mean to me so i kind of i kind of started with finding out kind of what i valued most as a coach that's kind of what i, what I kind of started off with with my philosophy and um the, the biggest things that I kept on coming back to that I that I valued um, just kept on coming back to uh, this reflectiveness uh, of, of what I coach. Um, I've never really had anybody stand over me and go, well, why have you done that uh, until, you know, my level five coach process and uh, uh, having yourself Lee, as, a, as a mentor towards that uh, kind of challenged my, my kind of critical thinking quite a lot of going, well, why am I doing this? And how am I doing it? Is it right? Or am I just modeling what I've seen before and just trying to imitate someone? So I think my philosophy has kind of been quite fluid uh, and developed over, over kind of, a, especially the last kind of eight years, I think. Uh, it's really, really changed with, rather than just kind of coaching scripts and things. I think my, my philosophy has become very more self-aware um, and actually it's made me more confident. 
Um, so, you know, some of the things that I think uh, I, I put into my philosophy now is actually really empowering the learner, um, being the centre of it all. Um, whereas I think when I first started out PGL many, many years ago, my philosophy was very much instructing. It was about, I've got stuff that people want. So I'm just going to tell them, you know, good stuff and make them good. You know, and that, that was, you know, that was my upbringing that, uh, that shaped my, my kind of original philosophy of, you know, you know, we're out there. We've got to be good in a boat. We've got to teach people how to be good in a boat. And they've got to learn this, this certain stroke if they want to be good. Um, and that's evolved. It's hugely evolved when actually a lot of my clients now are coming to me and asking, uh, you know, for like confidence building. Like, There's no strokes for that, for that confidence building. So, you know, you can't go, OK, well, here's a draw stroke. This will make you confident. Um, so actually deep diving into the person and, you know, really, uh, really kind of getting involved with their journey rather than linking people onto my journey. So I think that's been my biggest philosophy change is, is taking people on their journey now you know you know I've done my bits and now I'm kind of you know very quite quite open-mindedness now to, to actually go in you know this about their journey now that's where my philosophy has really changed in the last eight years. Yeah, and that's um that's really you know really encouraging to hear you know that you know it's very clear that you know you allude to your philosophy changing um you know from from the early days to 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 where you are now from a very much I am the provider and I will provide you what you need to almost to a place that you are now which you describe about empowering the learner um I think what would be nice to um nice to explore now um is rather than looking back and you know please still refer to, to mm. looking back but what I'd be really keen to explore is you know uh, what on earth gets you gets you to a point to know what you are actually going to coach so what approaches considerations or processes it, it, you know you don't have to use those particular words and it might feel quite almost a granulated way of doing it but how on earth do you decide what to focus on what do you just how do you decide what you are going to coach i think that's a great question it's <laughs> a great question um i've given it some thought and I think I have three, three kind of coaching, I don't know, approaches or focuses that, um, you know, really depend on what's in front of me when I'm actually getting to that conclusion. So with my providership roles, you know, it's very much contact, uh, content focused coaching. So there is a product, there's a, there's a syllabus, this is what they get. And, and actually, you know, that drops very much into kind of scripts and patterns that I've seen before. And, and it just becomes not really coaching to me, not, it actually becomes just delivery. You know, that, that's, that's what it is. And I find from that kind of content-focused uh, coaching or delivery, um, you know, I can, I can deliver all day and then my clients from that really just take away what it is they want from that delivery, from that, from that subject, from that, uh, that syllabus. Um, I think really now, uh, when, if I think about true coaching, uh, I, I think it's now kind of solution-based stuff. That's where I'm kind of going at the moment um where I really get to know people so I think the first thing would be if you know original client comes to me I've got to get as much information out of them as possible you know I can't just suddenly go magic up here is the answer from you know two minutes on a, on a telephone call with them you know that that's just not possible um you know some of the some of the biggest things I do is someone rings up and says I want to be able to do this you know I want to go paddle a, a great free white water river well the, the first thing is is having that kind of profiling conversation with them 
you know, that's one of the biggest things. Uh, but, you know, I, I really struggle just with the phone call. Uh, I need to see it. That, that's where I get my triggers from. I need to, I need to see stuff. So uh, very much, you know, there's still not much talking in the car park. It's literally get changes, get on the water. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, very a, a technical observer sort of coach. So I need to see people. I need to see people on there. So uh, very much a test piece. So, you know, as an example would be, let's get on the river and, you know, I won't even coach probably for the first 30 minutes which i think for some people probably unnerves them that uh, you know I've, you know i've paid for this coach to come along and I'm, I'm getting nothing from them but i really need to kind of tune into them uh, and i need to paddle with them that's that's one of the things where i first get my direction so once i've paddled with them for a bit tried a few things out uh, you know we, we would call it test piecing um, to kind of go or try this try that i've kind of kind of settled into it then i start getting my picture you know that's where i that's my process lee you know that's mm. that's where i start getting my my first triggers of what i'm gonna coach mm. is finding out kind of a bit more about who you know that's it's about them lee okay uh, that's that's really you know there's, there's a couple of areas we're going to dig into a little bit mm. more but um you know whilst you were talking there you know you talked about you know gathering information getting a fuller picture and it just reminds me of a, a a book by malcolm gladwell about he talks he talks about thin and thick slicing about making quite judgmental thing judgmental decisions very early on with very little evidence and the importance of actually uh, thick slicing so that just sort of resonated with me there um if possible if possible for for for, for the listeners um can we dig into a bit on test pacing? Um, so, you know, you coach, you coach lots of different, uh, you know, on lots of different crafts in lots of different environments, sorry, in lots of different environments. Um, how do you, how do you decide the test piece? What is the test piece? Um, and what are you looking for? I mean, that's a great question. <laughs> so, you know, very environmental uh, specific, uh, I think is the first thing really, you know, even on flat water. So a test piece, so a test piece for me would be to find a uh, kind of a, a level, you know, where are they at? Uh, so someone could turn around to me and say, you know, well, okay, I've been paddling grade four for years, you know, well, I've been skiing for 25 years. Well, that just means I've been 25 times. I'm not, still not very good. So, you know, the, the test piece for me when I go skiing is, when I first put the skis on and I, and I kind of shuffle towards the, the lift and still feel like it's still my first day skiing. So a test piece for me would be kind of like finding, you know, their, their kind of their comfort point. And that's a big thing for me is finding a comfort point because, you know, when they're comfortable, they, they're not stretched, you know, I'm not going to see kind of breaking points. I'm not going to see weaknesses, you know, if people are comfortable, you know, um, and, you know, as an example of a test piece for me that I've used recently, uh, would be that, um, you know, we can get onto a river. I could paddle down, you know, uh, like the river dart in the Southwest for probably for half an hour. And that's the majority of the river done, you know, so, and I've not seen much, you know, I've seen them do moves that they already do because they know the river inside out. So a test piece for me would be, you know, trying to gather as much information about, you know, their entire performance. Now, if they're just going to perform and do what they normally can do, I can't get any more information from that. So it's got to be a challenging test piece. So something I've done more recently is, um, you know, I'm sure the listeners have come across this before, but uh, just getting someone to paddle back up a rapid. So it's so simple like that can give me huge amounts of information uh, and then I would follow them back up that rapid as well so I can actually then almost mimic and go well why did they make that choice is that what I would have done you know uh, is there a better way of doing this uh, from from behind as well I can see stroke patterns uh, fitness levels uh, changes of speed 
uh, everything from confidence, you know, attack angles, you know, all the technical stuff. You can see all the tactical things coming up. Are they actually looking at the water? Are they are they just giving it <laughs> from the eddy and just flapping their arms? You know, uh, you can see the psychological stuff coming out. You can see, you know, you know, I can't make it up there. You know, if they're starting to get fatigued, you know, have they got determination to keep themselves going? Um, you know, there's, there's so much I can see from those sort of test pieces uh, opposed to just let's go on and go for a paddle. Uh, that, that, that's where I think about the momently. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, that's just, I think that's really, really helpful. And I imagine there's, you know, um, you know, people listening in going, ah, and thought of that or, okay, some, you know, a bit of background because lots of people talk about test pieces, don't they? But actually what you've done is given some great examples of, you know, paddling up the river and then all of a sudden, just by that exercise of paddling up the river, you're gaining a phenomenal amount of information. Um, so we're at the point that you've probably gathered a phenomenal amount of, of information. How do you decipher that then? So what, you know, so you go, crumbs, I've got loads of information. You talked about angle, you talked about, you know, um, speed, fitness levels, confidence, um, decision-making, you know, you went on and you did, you, you know, talked about lots. How do you narrow that down then to go, that's what I'm going, so the, so what I'm going to ask for next is this because of X, Y, and Z. How do you narrow it down? I think it's really easy to say it's based on lots of experience, but that doesn't really help on new coaches. <laughs> so I think you can break this down really quickly that uh, you kind of go, right, this starts starting to join up some themes. You know, this is where I start looking for it. So, you know, uh, you know, anybody's been out with me, they'll, they'll always see that I've got, uh, you know, a notepad. I'll be jotting a few things down of like common things that I'm seeing. Uh, the biggest thing for me, it, it might just be a mistake. So I'm, I'm, I'm not very quick to just jump on someone and go, oh, hang on a minute, he didn't rotate his body on that 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 kind of movement. And so so often that's too easy to do. You could just jump straight down the obvious one, the, the big flag that's flying away and go, actually, there's probably a root problem here. Um, and it's doing that kind of triage or, or analysis of actually getting to the root of the problem. That's that's the biggest that's the biggest thing you've got to be able to do. Now, something I do is you know uh, you know if you look at technical templates, uh, you can you know you're looking at the body, the boat, the blade. You know you can narrow into that. But the question is, well, what happens if it's not the body? What happens if it's you know the psychological side of things? Uh, and that's when you know this can kind of constraints based coaching comes in, where you can kind of kind of push people a little bit more and go well they've made that look quite easy are they just showing me what they normally do or can I just make them a little bit un, you know you know unseat them slightly by just changing the challenge you know can can I you know are they doing that on their left hand side because that's what they're comfortable on you know by just having that simple question going well let's have a go on a right shall we and that that could be the one trigger you go okay that that also then links into that actually all of that side of their body is weak you know uh, but they were just you know, putting it to one side because actually they're not, you know, not, not, not very happy to show that, you know, that's one of the biggest things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, finding out where the route to go, uh, for me, um, you know, if you're looking at technical, um, you know, I, I always start looking at that triage side of things, look at the head and work downwards. You know, if you're looking at observation stuff, um, you know, you can get really deep into, uh, uh kind of observations and I think you're rightly you could have too much information and it could throw the, the wrong door open so I think uh, the biggest thing for me is I've got to pick one <laughs> that's the thing I've got to make a choice and I think um, uh, one of my biases is that um, you know I, I will look at kind of uh, the fundamentals that they're doing you know the posture the connectivity the power transfer that that stuff 
uh, I think that's that's one of the biggest things I'll go down to straight away. Um, okay. Well, that I mean, Darren, that's just you know you just you know opened up a huge amount of areas and and started to to explain you know your rationale of of um, your approaches to coaching and also you know alluded to some of you know maybe a bias that you, that you have which is really 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 uh, uh, an interesting start I think it's really important that all coaches understand what maybe their biases are because it will have an influence on the way that we coach and the way that we approach stuff um, I you know I think it's a it's a great start to this to these coaching conversations that I'm going to have with lots of lots of different lots of different coaches over the next over the next 12 months um, Darren, really appreciate all your time um, and being really open and honest on on, on this. It, you know, getting coaches to open up and uh, and and share some of their vast coaching experiences is absolutely uh, phenomenal. And I hope some of the listeners have really benefited from it and and think about their coaching from what they've just heard. So, Darren, thanks very much for your time. Uh, very much appreciated. And um, what what does the next, you know. What does the next, uh, what's this year look like for you in terms of your coaching? So I think um, this year is looking uh, complex. <laughs> nice way of putting it. Um, you know, with uh, with the COVID side of things, I think there's going to be a lot more UK-based people uh, emerging with skill fade. So I think, uh, you know, that the opportunity to get people out in water is going to be huge. I think that's going to be my biggest next step. People kind of getting hold of me and saying, it's been a while, I want to get back in my boat. So I think that's that's going to be my, my, uh, my 2021 in start, I think, getting people back out paddling. Okay. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, well... Um, thanks very much again, Darren. Um, make sure you take care uh, on, the, on the water and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get for, out for a paddle soon together. Um, thanks very much for everyone for listening and uh, keep uh, an eye on the coaching podcast for um, all the installments over the next 12 months. Okay, take care, everyone. Bye.